Hello and welcome back to Three Princesses in a Muggle World. My name is Jenny and I am joined as always by my two best friends and co-hosts. Hey everyone, it's Amber and Casey. Welcome back. Welcome back. And this week, instead of being we are all mad here, it's Daddy's gone mad, hasn't he? Yeah, we're switching gears. We are done with Disney March Madness. Went by real quick this time around. And now we are in Harry Potter March Madness. Ooh. So for those of you who did not listen to our Disney March Madness, first of all, pause this podcast, go back, listen to those. It was a good time. Also, we have changed up the rules a little bit from last year. Yep. So first of all, one of the rules for this year is no repeats from last year, which was kind of easy for Disney. But when it comes to Harry Potter, it becomes a lot harder. At least on the side of villains. We've got still quite a number of heroes, I think, but... Villains was definitely a little <laughs> scrape in the bottom of the barrel here. It's, it's, it's crazy to think that through seven novels, eight movies, there's really not a large number of named villains, shockingly. So. Briefly, about doing like Death Eater number four, you know? He doesn't that's, really have a name, but... That's, that's literally what it's going to be next year. Death Eater number seven, Dementor number three, uh, that one weird creature that attacked them in the first year it, it's gonna be literally just the most random things yeah and also to throw out there there is i know we don't talk about cursed child but you know there is cursed child i don't know if we have any from cursed child or not that You're we right. use every and, cursed child is a villain you are correct amber <laughs> and there is the villains from the fantastic Beast franchise, which we'll get into a little bit depending on what characters get, because at least one of my villains was from that. Yeah, and we brought in one last year. I think I chose Credence last year before the actor. Yeah, went. and we had we had oh, Grindelwald. Oh yeah, yeah, we had Grindelwald. So yeah, yeah, we had Grindelwald and Credence, and uh, so you know we don't mind bringing in those. So we have eleven movies. That's true. That we're using because there's three Fantastic Beast movies that we can delve into, but even still, <laughs> there's not a lot of named yeah. villains. That's the issue is named. Yeah. There's plenty of followers of these main villains like Voldemort and Grindelwald, but most of them don't have named followers. Yeah. And you know what? Who knows what is going to drop in the next year? They could come out with a completely brand new quote-unquote spinoff and give us a plethora of new kill- new. I don't know why I said killers. I was going to say villains and then it mixed with characters and it came out killers, which I guess is not inaccurate. But <laughs> anyway, we're talking a lot about villains and we're not focusing on villains for this episode. Yeah, <laughs> something that Amber said does bring us to a little bit more of the rules for this year. She mentioned that not all of the names that we put on the list are going to be picked. Correct. So this year we have just had to make sure we're going to pick eight different heroes and 
eight different villains, and they shall fight each other first, and then the villains will fight the heroes. And we will see who wins. Yes. And this is going to be slightly different because of our characters' magical abilities. So in our Disney one, the last two Disney ones, they were given or they were allowed to bring in an item to the ring. Uh, In this one, almost everybody is a witch or wizard. So, you know, they're kind of by default allowed their wands. We are saying this is not a fight to the death, though. So Avada Kedavra is completely off limits, which I think our villains might struggle with, but that's that's on them. Uh, So this is where it gets a little bit tricky for... The characters that are witches or wizards and they have their wand, we are going to try to pick, you know, their signature spell if they have one. You know, for example, Harry, who's not on the list this year, I believe he was in last year's. We all know what his signature go-to is, right? (laughs) Expelliarmus for the win. So Harry actually won last year. He did, yes. Somehow using that Expelliarmus. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway... If they have a spell which we see them rely on heavily, then that's going to be their quote-unquote thing. But then there are some characters where they're not necessarily witches or wizards. So we're going to kind of shuffle in something else. And we'll figure that out when we get to that bridge, if we get to that bridge. Okay, so Casey has her magical wheel. And it is currently full of all of our Harry Potter heroes for this year. And she's going to go ahead and give that a spin. And we'll see who's fighting who first. All right. Let's do this. So our first person in the ring is Mr. I want to say his first name is William. But I also feel Bilius is right. I think that's just Ron's middle name. Anyway, it's Bill Weasley. Billiam. I'll call him Billiam. So come on down, Billiam. And he is going to be up again. Okay, guys, we're starting off strong here. Bill Weasley is going up against Fred Weasley. Brother against brother. Ooh. Now, this one, ooh, this one's going to be really interesting because they are, you know, brothers. They grew up together, so... They're going to know each other's signature moves. They're going to know each other's weaknesses. You know, Fred is going to know exactly what bothers Bill. And vice versa. Yeah. So, hmm, okay. Who wants to start out theorizing this battle? I can't wrap my head around it because <laughs> I, don't, I don't see them fighting each other. Like, that's not something they would do. And, yeah, and we kind of come to this almost every Heroes round. But let's look at it more like a a brotherly fight. Not like an intense battle, but it's more like lighthearted. We'll we'll take it as that. So I guess, first of all, what we need to discuss is their one spell or their one item. Yeah. And I do have to admit that I am the one that put Bill's name down. And I also have to admit that I did not look up to see what his number one spell was. Mostly my thoughts of putting his name down were, first of all, he's awesome because he was attacked by Finier Greyback and survived. Mm -hmm. And so that is 
precisely why I put his name down. So let me do some quick. Members, I I often and there's no reason for this since Charlie is really not a big character, but I do get them confused. Who was the curse breaker? Was that Bill or was that Charlie? Charlie That's was cool. in Dragons. Yeah, so Charlie was Dragons. So Amber Bill, was the, Bill was the curse breaker. Okay. Uh, um, Fred, I feel like he might have. Something from the joke shop. I'm not entirely yeah. sure which one he would, which thing he would choose, but I feel like he would have one of his joke shop items is his signature thing. Yeah, um, I, I don't know right off the top of my head which one he would pick. I'm trying to think what would be the most offensive one where he wouldn't have to get Bill to eat it. Say there's the instant darkness powder thing. And uh, so that one would not require Bill to eat anything. There are those little um, robot thingies, or I don't even remember the, but they like waddle. They're little duck-like thingies where they waddle, and they have like this mm-hmm. spray that they basically are little farts. <laughs> like they, <laughs> the machines, they sound like farts and they stink like farts and everything that way. So there's that that he could. That would fall under the wouldn't require Bill to eat. Um, those are the only two that are coming to my mind as far as ones that wouldn't require eating and that would be useful in a duel. Because well, the fireworks are cool. I don't know that they'd really actually help. I kind of I kind of like the darkness powder. I feel like that would give Fred the ultimate advantage. I'm trying to I'm trying to look up a little bit on bill a little bit you know because he he's kind of has a vast knowledge you know he was a curse breaker he was in the order of the phoenix so he's very adept at magic so i don't know what he would go for he's very good at dueling yeah apparently bill actually created his own spell and he created a modified curse barrier to prevent Death Eaters from entering the vicinity. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. I don't know if he wants to use that, but I just want it to be like, that is really cool because I did not know that about Bill. I don't think it's going to help if it's Death Eater specific, but I, I kind of feel like he would pick up a curse here and there. And he would probably use one that wouldn't seriously injure Fred, but maybe take him out of the running. But I... Can he aim if our Fred has darkness power with it? Yeah. That ultimately I think at the end of the day it would come down to who's the fastest. Because and I don't know how we would really figure that out and decide. I feel like they'd both be pretty fast because once again I bring up the fact that Bill was able to survive from Fenrir Greyback. Yes, he got attacked, but also Fenrir Greyback's a werewolf. But he was able to survive, so I feel like that kind of means that, like, he is at least kind of fast. Whereas we also know that Fred is definitely really fast because he was a mischief maker all throughout school and probably ran away from a lot of detentions or almost detentions. Yeah, and that's where I'm saying, like, I don't know which one would be the fastest and I don't know how we would figure that out and decide because ultimately, if 
Bill's the fastest and can get his spell out before Fred can throw the instant darkness powder. You know, I, my gut is going towards Bill, and this is why. So, yes, if, if Fred is bringing in the darkness powder, it's going to make things a lot difficult. But it's not going to just make things difficult for Bill. It's also going to make things difficult for Fred. And I kind of feel like since Bill was a curse breaker and I'm thinking, you know, in the pyramids and stuff, there's probably not a lot of light. So he's probably used to somewhat working in the dark and having to hone in those senses. You know, I kind of feel like he wouldn't be terrible in the dark. I, I kind of feel like and maybe even if this is post werewolf that might enhance some senses. He may not be able to see Fred, but I think that he could still roughly figure out where he might be going and anticipating that attack. Whereas Fred's just going to be bumbling around in the dark and hoping he gets in this. That, that's my thought. Yeah, I concur. So are we saying Bill wins? Yeah. Bill sneaks up behind Fred and puts him in a headlock. And with that, Bill Weasley takes the first place. Congratulations, Billiam. <laughs> and he will go on to round two. All right, our next friends joining us in the ring. We have Professor Flitwick, who, this is another one where it's like, hmm, what would his signature spell be? Because he's very good at charms, but he was also a very good dueler. I think he was head of the dueling club or something like that. So definitely an Difficult opponent. So, Professor Flitwick is going to be teacher versus student. Hermione Granger, welcome to the arena. <laughs> I, I just have to say, and yes, we can get into like what their signature spells are and everything, but I want to say like right off the bat that my first initial thought is Flitwick is going to win But I do believe that it's going to be a very close fight because Hermione is very, very smart. But also Flitwick, as we know, is also very smart and a professor and has so many years on Hermione that he knows a whole lot more than Hermione. True, but we've never seen, and I'm not saying he's not, but we've never seen Flitwick being absolutely ruthless. And we have seen Hermione go, like, way crossing the line and being absolutely ruthless, you know, between that jinx that she put on that one girl who squealed, which I think she created that curse. So props to her. She kept Rita Skeeter in a jar for months. She's smart, but she's also scary. Dang it. What? When Jenny was talking, I was sitting there going, yeah, yeah, okay. And I was like, <laughs> only like, yes, flip, flip would win. And then Casey comes in with her logic and now I'm back to dig it. Now I don't know who would win. Yeah. Again, I'm not saying Flitwick wouldn't be ruthless and cutthroat, but we just have never seen him. Therefore, I can't say he is. But it is canon that Hermione is. Yeah. Well, so my thing is, is you, if you look at the last movie 
we don't necessarily see Flitwick in the battle itself, like during we don't see him actually battle, but we do see him preparing, and he mm. does not seem all that thrilled about this idea. Yeah. And, like, when McGonagall said Voldemort's name, he, like, was like, oh my gosh, don't say Aya's name, and she's like, he's gonna kill you anyways, you might as well say it. Yeah. And so, I do feel like he is a little more timid. However, um, he is a dueling master. Yes. Just because he's I mean, good at dueling, you know, and it wasn't dueling. It was a club at school. It was a dueling club. It's for funsies, you know, where you're not trying to kill or maim the other person. Well, we're not trying to kill anybody here. True. I didn't mean to kill. Just maim or seriously injure. I don't know. I feel like both of you have very valid points and... I feel like this would be a very interesting duel for sure. I don't mm. think it would be one where anybody would be bored while watching it. Because even at the end of the day, like, even if Hermione ends up winning because of the fact that she is more willing to be kind of that viciousness. And that, I still feel like Flitwick would give her a good battle. And it would definitely be a very close call type for thing. Sure. I just, I don't know at the end of the day who I ultimately think would win. I feel like when it comes down to what is their signature spell that we are using here. Yeah, and I'm trying to look up, I'm on Hermione's page right now, or if she has like a item, I'm not remembering. But like the thing is, there's really only two spells we ever really see her struggle with. And neither of them would, in my opinion, come up in this battle. You know, one of them being the Patronus charm, and one of them being, I just saw on the page, you know, she struggled with the Boggart. So everything else, she's, like, mastered at. And that is interesting. So another was... interesting thing is I straight up Googled Flitwick's signature spell, and it does say that his signature spell is the protections that he put around the castle. Yeah, which makes okay. sense. So um, I feel like... But... He'd be able to protect himself, but that's not necessarily what we're going for here. Yeah. Okay. I have an interesting thing real fast because uh-huh. I'm starting. I started to try typing up what Jenny just mentioned. She typed up, and all I got uh, typed was Flitwick, and the first thing that kind of pops up is a summary of his page on the Harry Potter wiki. According to this, his Bogart is actually Voldemort. That makes sense. No wonder McGonagall saying his name would cause him to be, like, so fearful. Like, it makes sense. Yeah. You know, I kind of want to give it to Hermione because I was... I'm all for this. I'm just sorry. I have to say this because I know we were talking about the movies, but according to, again, Flitwick's wiki page, it says that Flitwick was able to help fellow professors McGonagall and Sprout chase Severus Snape out of the castle and emerged and survived the legendary Battle of Hogwarts. And he also dueled Yaxley to a draw and even single-handedly defeated the extremely skilled Antonin Dalhoff. 
who had previously defeated Alastair Moody and murdered Renus Lupin. Yeah, I think I remember that. So, I just wanted to put that out there that he didn't just run and hide during the Battle of Hogwarts. He did right. stay. Oh, yeah. I I didn't think he have, he ran and hid. We just don't really see a whole lot in the movie side of it to know like how yeah, yeah. aggressive he can be is basically the what I'm thinking. Yeah. So I'm I'm on her Hermione's wiki page and I this is one of the reasons I kinda wanna give it to her is it says how she was able to cast the leg locker curse and full body bind in her first year. So I feel like that may not be a bad one for her. Um or here's another wrench to throw into things. What if we don't choose a signature spell, but we choose an item and give her the time turner? Yeah. There's, uh, yeah there, she, if, if she has a timer turner, she wins, hands down. Yeah, I, like I said, I don't think this battle would be boring at all, no. but I do think that I would give it to Hermione after kind of talking things through. I do think that she would ultimately win. Yeah, I have to yeah. agree with that. I wish I didn't have to because I really do believe that Flitwick would do really, really well in the fight, but... At the end of the day, Hermione would win. Yeah, it's just, she, it's not that she's good, but she has a drive not to lose. You know, she doesn't stop learning that spell until she owns that spell. I don't think she's going to stop until she wins this battle. Also, she's very sassy, and I just feel like if they were straight up, you know, dueling each other back and forth, she'd probably be, like, throwing some great jabs verbally. Yeah. The only thing that could maybe give Splitwick an edge is at the end of the day, that is her teacher. That is her superior, which she might feel conflicted even in a friendly, lighthearted duel. So that's the only thing I think would maybe give him the advantage. Yeah. So are we saying Hermione? Hermione. I, I think so. Yeah. Okay. Hermione's moving on. Round two. Let's see our next two players in the arena. First up, we have Rubius Hagrid, which this is going to be one he simply does not have, you know, a signature spell. So when I added him, I was more like probably his brute strength. So I couldn't think of any like object other than his little umbrella. So I feel like he would probably rely on that troll strength and his overwhelming size. Oh, no. You mean, you mean giant strength? Yeah, sorry, giant. Oh, okay. Um, I got distracted because last round we had student versus teacher. This round we have, in a way, father versus son. So Hagrid is going up against Buckbeat. Buckbeat. Oh, my. Yeah. Uh, um. <laughs> so I know that we are constantly saying like we need to make them fight and stuff like that, but I honestly feel like Hagrid would be like, nope, 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 nope. I'm, I'm not. I'm out. Yeah. I can't. Yeah, tap out. <laughs> yeah, Buffy I don't. Wins by default, I give up. Yeah, I just don't see him even trying. Like I could see him literally just saying, okay. Hey, Beaky, I give you permission. Do your worst. And just letting Buckbeak even attack him. 
And uh, I don't see him putting up a fight at all. Or would he just say, Buckbeak, no, and Buckbeak listens? Because Buckbeak is a good bird who always cleans his feathers. <laughs> Ever. Let's say, let's say they're roughhousing. <laughs> just roughhousing, as father and son sometimes will. Well, uh, mm, I feel like Hagrid would win. I don't know, though, because would he? Or would Buckbeak, the fact that she... That book because a sharp beak and claws. Okay, I'm trying to look up size. How how big are they to each other? We know Hagrid's huge. He's what, like seven, eight feet? Yeah, I think so. I'm trying to see if, if we know how big Buckbeak might be. The average hippogriff is between nine and twelve feet. That is not specific to Harry Potter, that is just hippogriff lore. Okay, I changed my so. answer. Buckbeak would totally win. <laughs> I feel uh, like Buckbeak wins. No matter which way we go, if we go with the whole well, Hagrid out or... What if Hagrid's item is a dead ferret? But if they're roughhousing, I still feel like Buckbeak's gonna get the most damage in, because... Yeah, that's true. He still is a beast. Either way you look at it, you know, he is giant. He does have the claws. You know, even the back legs. They're gonna have some power. Yeah. Okay, so... Buckbeak's moving on? Yeah. Yep. I Oh, I'm having, like, a thing in, like, the pit of my stomach. I'm like, is... Is a is a bird gonna win this thing? Because <laughs> I'm just it's like impossible. Because I'm just like, there's not a whole lot that's gonna overpower a hippogriff unless we get another one of our creatures coming up here. Well, I I feel like Buckwheat might be pulling through here. So I'm just we're gonna obviously come back to this. This is my thought process. Round two, Hermione's gonna beat Bill. Like I said, we'll come back to it. Buckbeak is gonna beat whoever he's going to beat, and then it's going to be Hermione against Buckbeak, and sad to say, I feel like Buckbeak will beat Hermione, and Buckbeak will head on to beat whoever wins the villain round. It's very possible, yeah. We'll, we'll just have to wait and see, but I don't, I don't think you're that far off. <laughs> I'll say that. Okay. Alright. Next enterer into the arena is Rainus Lupin. Now, this is something we're going to have to come to a consensus on. Because I was feeling a little sassy last night when I was making my list. And I put that he is in his werewolf form. Are we okay with that? Or do we want strictly human Lupin in this ring? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel I okay with him being a werewolf. I kind of feel like werewolf form is going to maybe give the edge of Buckbeak not just taking this whole thing. Oh, not necessarily. True. But then <laughs> I want I wonder if Remus as a werewolf, he would see himself more as a villain. This is true. Just because he would see himself as a villain doesn't make him one. Do we really think old Voldy's sitting there thinking he's the bad guy? Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know. I think he knew he was a bad guy, but he didn't care. But I don't know. It would be interesting to get into the minds of some of 
like the bad guys, not just in the movies, but in our world in general. Like it would be interesting to get inside their head and figure out if they even realized everything they were doing was so horrible. Ooh, I don't know if I want to look on the narrative. <laughs> I don't know. I I'm, I would just be curious. So who is Werewolf Lupin going up against? All right, so we're settled. He can be Werewolf? Yes. Okay. All right, let's see if this is going to be a fair fight. All right, come on down, Miss Cho Chang. (laughs) I'm sorry, And Remus takes this round. Okay, moving on. (laughs) Let's give Cho a chance. Like... Is she have a signature spell, or do we want to say she's bringing her broom with her because she is a very skilled Quidditch player? This is true, but I don't know what good the broom's going to do except for getting her away from her. Well, yeah, she's not going to get bit, so I mean, that's a plus for Cho. But like, I don't know that running from the fight is going to make her win. I feel like that would give it to Lupin by default. Yeah. <laughs> she ran away. Okay, can we do Devil's Advocate for Cho? Uh, because, I mean, she was part of Dumbledore's army, right? Yes, but we also know from at least the book side of it, we know she struggled with a lot of the spells. True. She was not one of the strong. She was not, not the strongest in Dumbledore's army by any means. Like... You know, obviously, you have Harry and Hermione who are kind of top of the Dumbledore armies thing. But ultimately, like, I don't think Cho was anywhere close to being, like, third even. Like, I feel like she was probably way down the list. So I just, I don't know. I, I, anybody else, I could maybe give her some benefit and be able to play devil's advocate and stuff, but I just don't know where we've got werewolf Lupin and Cho Chang, who is not only not the best at spells in general, she's also very timid. And and easily frightened, I feel like. Yeah. And so I I feel like the minute she sees a werewolf, she's not gonna... She's checking out. Yeah, she's jumping I, on that broomstick and flying away. <laughs> she's like, you know what? After going to school with Harry Potter for as long as I did, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna take a no on this one. <laughs> you know, I, I <laughs> really I tried. I really tried. I went on her wiki page, and for those not familiar with the Harry Potter wiki page. Almost every character has a little section dedicated to their powers where it lists out all their strengths, you know, things they're good at, items if they have them. There's literally nothing for Cho. There's nothing listed out that she is particularly strong at. It's just literally a summary of her in each year. Yeah. So I, mm, I'm sorry, girl, but I don't, I don't think you're coming out with this one. No. And with that, Lupin moves on to round two. <laughs> I do have to say, even though we're jumping into round two, so we're not introducing any new characters, Casey had me busting a gut with her Seamus Finnegan, doesn't matter what spell, it's going to blow up. Yeah, he, he is, yeah, <laughs> he'll, he'll make a reappearance next year, and I mean, like, it's true. Yeah. 
it it is help him or hurt him like i don't know which way it would go but that had laughing and so i had to bring that one he could literally be trying to do the protection shield and it's it's still gonna be a little explosion Mm -hmm. that's why one of my favorite parts in the movie is when um neville's like wait so you want us to blow it up professor boom and professor mcgonagall's like Boom! And she's like, I suggest that you talk to Mr. Finnegan. He's very good at making uh, pyrotechnics. And Seamus is like, oh yeah, I got this. He was so excited. He's like, it is my time to shine. Yeah. And, you know, he did shine, I feel like. Yes. A very bright, probably very heated shine that many a Death Eater felt. Yes. (laughs) Which Death Eaters, we don't know. We didn't get their names. But well, we we know that um uh what's his name? But they I will be on next year's March. <laughs> I can't think of his name. I we know one of the uh, guys' names. Yeah, I just I'm can't trying. think of it right off the top of my head. Yeah, I'm trying to think, which we should know because there's so few named Death Eaters. But well, and he wasn't actually a debtor though. He was just a snatcher. He was on. Voldemort's side, but not an elite. I just don't know that. I just can't think of his name. But okay, moving on. Round two. All right, so we're so, coming back up at the top, and we've got Bill and Hermione. So we've moved on from brother versus brother. Now we're on brother-in-law versus sister-in-law. So as I've already stated, I'm pretty sure Hermione will win this one. And it's pretty much for the reasons that we've already talked about. Like, yes, Bill is very good at so many different spells. I almost said smells. Which, you know, he's part werewolf now, so maybe. Um, But Hermione is ruthless, you know? And I'm sure she's learned a lot about the Weasley family from not only being friends with Ron forever, and now, as you said, she's a sister-in-law, so married to Ron. But, like visiting the Weasleys all those years. Yes, Bill doesn't really come into play until, like, book four. But still, I'm sure Hermione was learning a lot about the Weasley family. So I'm sure she knows all of Bill's weaknesses. And, heck, if she has a time turner, she just keeps going back until she wins. I mean, all I'm saying is Hermione is going to win this battle. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm trying to, you know, think of a strategy for Bill I don't think it's going to matter against Hermione. Even with his long history of curse breaking and being aware of different curses and stuff, being part of the order, being part of part werewolf, I ultimately I don't think he stands a chance. Yeah. I do think that it would be very similar to the Flitwick and Hermione battle where it's not a it's not like the Cho Chang werewolf situation where it's like yeah. one look at the opponent and the other one's running away. Like, I do think that it would be a fairly intense duel and a very close call as far as Hermione winning. But I do think in the end, Hermione would win. You know, I just kind of imagine... You know, I talked about how with Bill and Fred, it's more lighthearted, more like brotherly type of thing. Like, oh, I'm going to get you. 
And I kind of feel like Bill would start off with that, like, oh, hey, little sis, let's go. And she's, like, instantly for the throat. And he's like, oh, wait, oh, okay, we're doing this. Oh, crap. (laughs) Yeah, like, hey, let's go. And she's just like, all right, let's go. And he's like, oh, okay. You know, she's immediately out the gate at a level. She's, like, immediately bringing level 10. Yes. Yeah. I could see that being how it went, too. Okay, so now we have Hermione moving on, and we have Buckbeak versus Werewolf Lupin. And I do feel like in the end that Buckbeak would win because we kind of see that already happen in Prisoner of Azkaban. Right. Um, but fairness, it's not just Buckbeak in there. He's kind of distracted and having to keep his attention on multiple things. Yeah. Is true. So I feel like I still feel like Buckbeak would win, but I yeah. do feel like it wouldn't be a total like annihilation type thing, and it wouldn't be a total. It wouldn't be like in the movie where it was like, "Oh my gosh, I'm being attacked by these massive claws from this giant bird." I'm shocked because I didn't know that giant bird thing was there. Yeah. I feel I like do. go ahead. I feel like each one of them would come back with scratches mm-hmm. and um bite marks and things like that. But at the end of the day, Lupin would be the one on the ground trying to recover, probably turning back into human form, honestly, after, you know, being trampled on by Buckbeak. Yeah, that that was what I was kinda leading into. Like I feel like this is the one where it's actually going to be a brawl type of thing. Like, there's no hesitation. Like, this is going to be one where they're going to try and fight to the death. <laughs> because yeah. it's just animalistic urge at that point. It's not like they're evil or anything. That's just what their instincts are telling them to do. And I do think, given all that Buckbeat has, you know, with the wings and the ability to fly, the claws, the beak, the back hooves, I do ultimately think he is going to win. But, yeah, he's not going to get away without a couple of broken feathers, though, too. Oh, yeah. Sure. Which means that brings us to Hermione going up against Buckbeak for the final round in the Harry Potter Heroes. So, I think the issue that we've had with, you know, Buckbeak versus Hagrid, there was the whole, like would Hagrid even actually try? And then with Buckbeak versus Lupin, it was a full-on brawl, like, animalistic, everything that way. But now we do have a very, very skilled witch going up against this creature. And so part of me thinks that this is actually the one where Buckbeak stands one of the biggest chances of losing because depending on what spell Hermione uses, she could easily defeat him. And that, like, she could use... There's different spells she could use to make it so he can't use his animal, like, powers that he has, basically. Like, his claws, his beak, his wings. And so she would win. The question is, though is do we think she would be fast enough? Because Buckbeak is very, even for that size, Buckbeak is very agile and very quick. 
So my thoughts well, while you were talking is hypocrites, hippogriffs are all about respect, right? And reading that other person. I think that would be Hermione's first move is to show Buck the utmost respect and maybe lower the defenses a little bit because at the end of the day, Buckby is an animal. You know, he's not understanding that this is a March Madness battle and you have to battle, right? <laughs> Unless we want to yeah. say he has that awareness. So I think she is going to bow to him and earn that respect. And then in that moment of him viewing over her and maybe bowing back, that's when she's going to strike. I think she's going to play that game kind of manipulate him a little bit, which again, that is canon. We see her do that. We see her being ruthless like that, planning things out, playing, you know, the innocent. Well, she's not so innocent. Yeah. And that's why in my thought process, this is the one where I think Buckbeak is actually going to lose. Like Mm -hmm. now, if we were talking, Hermione didn't have her wand. For whatever reason, I think that at that point in time, Buckbeak would win hands down. But Hermione, with her wand and her cunningness and knowledge, mm-hmm. I don't think Buckbeak. Yeah. And I'll say, if this yeah. was any other person, if this was Bill, if this was Fred, if this was anyone else, they would lose. But I think because it's Hermione, because she is so well-read and she's going to know every single fact about a hippogriff, how they behave, how to behave towards them to get them on your side, plus, you know, her use of a wand, I I think she's hands down. So, so as we all know, when I was predicting the future, (laughs) I did say that Buckbeak would win. However, as Amber started talking, um, what came to my mind wasn't Hermione going up against Buckbeak. It was Hermione going up against Gorp, Hagrid's big brother. Well, little brother, but <laughs> little giant. Big. So, yeah. And not necessarily that we ever see Hermione fight Gorp, but the fact that Hermione doesn't take crap from anyone, where Hagrid's just like, oh, you know, Gorpy, he's so he's so kind, and he doesn't know how to, you know, he's just... And, you know, Haggard being Haggard and Hermione in the movie, but also in the book being like, put me down yeah. now. <laughs> who, who is going to say that to a giant that's literally got you and can literally just squish their, their fingers together and you're done? Who's, who in their right mind is going to say that? Hermione Granger. Yep. And then, like, in part of my brain for March Madness, when we do it like this, I'm always, like, thinking to myself, like, they don't know who they're going up against. But I remember when we were doing the Disney ones, we talked about actual March Madness, where you get to sit, the other team gets to be watching the games and seeing who they're going to go up against. So Hermione would know that she is going up against Buckbeak. Yeah. And therefore, it wouldn't be suddenly she's put in the arena and, oh, crap, there's a hippogriff. And so because of that, I have to go with what Casey said of the whole bowing, because quite honestly, if you did put Hermione just in there and, oh, crap, there's a hippogriff, I'm sure for at least a split second, her mind would go blank. Anybody's mind would go blank, because as we've already stated, it's about a 12-foot giant bird. 
in your face. But because she's had time to be like, I'm going up against Buckbeak and studying and, well, what did Hagrid teach us? We have to be respectful and we need to bow. And that's what Draco did not do. And so because of that, I do believe that Hermione would win. I honestly, even if she was just thrown in and didn't know until she saw him, maybe, like you said, half a second, but I don't think it would throw her very much. Again, after going through all seven years of Hogwarts or six years with Harry, I think she's like ready for anything. And she's just kind of like, all right, this is the next thing, I guess. Let's do this. Like, I, I don't think anything is really going to throw her off her game enough to where it's going to make a difference. I feel like in some ways it might a little bit because I feel like if she didn't realize Buckbeak was in the mix, like, I guess it ultimately at the end of the day, did she even know, are we saying like she didn't know anything at all when it comes to it? Or she knew the other 14 names on the list of who she could possibly go up against. It was just a surprise when she got thrown in type thing. Cause if she knew there was a hippogriff on it, I don't think it would throw her enough to make a difference, but I think it could possibly throw her enough to at least Buckbeak get a scratch in. I don't know that it would actually cause Buckbeak to win, but if she had no idea a hippogriff was a potential thing, I think she would be so focused and so preparing on actual dueling that being thrown in with a hippogriff might throw her. Because, you know, depending on what her knowledge of what she's getting into, it might, she might be so prepared of, oh, I'm dueling with somebody that being thrown in with a creature is like, wait, wait, creatures are in this mix since when? Maybe, but I don't know. My mind instantly goes to the seventh book where her and Harry are in Godric's Hollow and suddenly Nagini's there and she's like all right let's do this you know it didn't really seem to throw her but then again I guess we didn't see fully her perspective of what was going on but I don't know yeah all right either way Hermione wins this round yeah so Hermione is our hero winner so she will go up against whoever wins the villain side so, so stick around, tune back in next week to see which villains we were able to come up with, first of all, and <laughs> who who wins. I'm, I'm kind of excited, because even though, again, the villains was a little bit trickier, there is still some really good ones on there that I'm really interested to see if they get to enter this arena. I agree. So with that, we hope you all have a magical week. And like Casey said, join us next week to see not only who comes in the villains, but who ends up winning overall between the heroes and the villains. Woo! I I always feel like I want a soundboard where we just have like the, you know, the sound effects for March Madness. (laughs) Yes. Oh, All right, until next time, guys. Bye. Bye.